The scripture reading from today will be taken from Matthew 9, 27 to 38. Please join me. And as Jesus passed on from there, two blind men followed him, crying aloud, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he entered the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it done to you. And their eyes were opened. And Jesus sternly warned them, See that no one knows about it. But they went away and spread his fame throughout all that district. As they were going away, behold, a demon-oppressed man who was mute was brought to him. And when the demon had been cast out, the mute man spoke. And the crowds marveled, saying, Never was anything like this seen in Israel. But the Pharisees said, He cast out demons by the prince of demons. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. This is the word of the Lord. So, Rob, thanks for letting me preach today. I certainly don't feel worthy to be in the pulpit, but uh, by God's mercy, we'll see what happens. When's the last time you went into the city? Some of you I know work there. Uh, Yesterday uh, was my wife's first time down into Times Square. Uh, And I know you probably avoid that area like the plague. But my wife showed up and she said, These are, this is my place. Like she was, she was all in. She loved it. I imagine maybe if you're a New Yorker and you live here and you uh, go to a place like that, you think, I wish all these people would go home. Right? Or maybe you even live here in Terrytown and you come down to a place like this Uh, Che took us to get a cup of coffee this afternoon, and it was a 30-minute wait just to get a cup of coffee at one of the little coffee shops down here in in the village because there's so many people, right? What do you think Jesus would, what would his experience be if he were to come to the village on Sunday afternoon? or to Times Square, what, what, what would he be feeling or thinking? I think this passage gives us a little insight into that. And I think if we, uh, that's, that's what I want us to see today. That's what I want us to get today, the compassionate Christ the compassionate Christ. In Matthew's gospel, the two miracles that are recorded at the beginning of this passage are the final two miracles recorded in this section of the gospel. And I'm not going to really spend much time on these at all, except to say they demonstrate 
what I want us to catch today is that Jesus does have compassion for people. He has compassion for people. He has compassion for the two blind men. Not pity. He has compassion. He has compassion for the demon-possessed man. Not pity. Compassion. Which brings us to the part of the passage that I want to focus on today. Jesus went through all the towns and villages. The village just like your village here today teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless. Do you see, when you walk down there, do you think of people like that? Or are you like, can you just get out of my way? Do you think of people as harassed and helpless? I don't think we often think about people that way, but maybe we can shift our focus today. Maybe we can allow the scripture to kind of wash our view. Like sheep without a shepherd. Like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. He was talking about that crowd. The harvest in that crowd is plentiful but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Matthew tells us that the motivation for Jesus' compassion is that Jesus saw people in need of his shepherding care. They were harassed and helpless. Some people like crowds. Some people don't like crowds. That's okay. Some people thrive on being around big groups of people like my wife. Some people shy away from that, like myself. Um, Some people enter a crowded room. Some of you even today are a little bit nervous about being in this crowded room. And some of you are like, oh, I can't wait to just meet everybody here. We're all a little bit different. But I, I want us to think about what is our mission in the world? Whether that's a mission around the world, like maybe some of you are feeling called to, or the mission in your world, the world that God has placed you. So let me just draw out maybe two or three points from the passage today, and I'll leave you with some thoughts to think. First, one thing I think we can notice is this. As we read through the Gospels, wherever Jesus was, he was on mission to be with people. Wherever Jesus was, he was on mission to be with people. And his mission had specific aspects. We can see that in the text today. Preaching, teaching, and healing. Preaching, teaching, and healing. He didn't have just a social ministry, and he didn't have just a teaching ministry. He had both. A ministry of word and deed. A ministry that brought not only inner peace, but outer peace. It it is true that at times Jesus withdrew for rest and time with his father, but Most of the time, Jesus was pressing into the crowds. He was pressing into the people that God had placed around him. All of us, like I said, have different personalities. Some of us are more inward and some of us are more outward leaning. However, through the power of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives and through the compassion that we find in the cross of Jesus Christ, We all, as Christians, will have a desire to reach beyond ourselves towards others. For some of you, that might be a crowd-type ministry. 
For some of you, that might be a more one-on-one -on -one type ministry. Just like in the announcements that were made earlier, this call for volunteers. Some of you need to respond to that call. God is asking you to give of your time and ability to serve the church. For all Christians, there will be an outward aspect to our Christian life. Not that every one of us is to have the type of ministry that Jesus had, traveling to every town and place, preaching and teaching, but we can be part of a ministry like that. We can be part of helping some who do. Regardless of the type of ministry that God calls us to, just like Jesus, compassion ought to be our response to the world around us. Jesus was touched by the crowds and their needs. He saw beyond the masses of people and saw people. He saw them, like the text tells us, as sheep without a shepherd. What does that mean? He uses a, a picture here, a word picture, sheep without a shepherd. So that brings us to the second thing I want to talk about. We are like sheep. The Bible says we are like sheep. I'm sure Pastor Rob has probably brought this up in the past, but it's always good to be reminded about it. What does it mean that Jesus says we are like sheep? I did some research on this, and I'd like to share with you my findings. What are sheep like? Do we have any shepherds in the room? No. Okay, I'm safe. Sheep are dirty, smelly, stupid animals that are unable to care for themselves. How does that make you feel? <laughs> Jesus says we're like sheep. Okay, that's not too good. They get themselves into the most awful situations and cannot get themselves out. Sheep need to be led to food and water, protected and tended. They're in danger of attack from wild animals and predators unless they have a protector. Sheep are grazers. This means their primary means of sustenance is found in low-lying ground vegetation. A grazing herd of sheep can easily become dispersed. That's why Jesus uses the example of the sheep who wanders off and gets lost. Sheep do that. They just wander around. Each sheep puts its nose to the ground and just follows the food. Young sheep and lambs are especially liable to this. They just can wander off from the herd, becoming lost. And that these lone animals can quickly become prey to wolves and other predators. Sheep don't have any defensive measures. I mean, think about that. A sheep can't defend itself against anything. Their wool becomes matted if it's not cut and taken care of. It becomes dirty and infected with parasites. Jesus says, we are like sheep. Hmm. It's kind of cute when you first think about it, but when you really dig into it, it's kind of ugly. It's not a pleasant metaphor, not a nice picture. But we do have some common characteristics with sheep. It doesn't mean that everything is one-to-one. -one. Just trying to paint a big picture here. We need to be fed. We get ourselves into situations that we can't get ourselves out of. We have trouble feeding ourselves spiritually. We need a shepherd to help feed us and lead us to green pastures of spiritual food. We're in danger of attack from the enemy. And without the Lord's protection, we would be defenseless. I don't know if you've walked around lately or not or looked up from your device, but we've become grazers. 
We just walk around doing this. We just graze constantly on whatever's in front of us. We tend to get spiritually dirty and we need help in being washed and made clean. We need a shepherd, don't we? We need a good shepherd. The primary duty of a shepherd is to guide, provide food, water, protect, deliver, gather the herd together, find the lost, nurture, provide security, lead the herd to food or bring food to the herd on a daily basis. Water also had to be found. One interesting thing about sheep, a positive thing that I can say about sheep is sheep are surprisingly expressive of affection and trust. Jesus talks about this in John chapter 10 when he says that sheep know, recognize, and follow the shepherd's voice. So we can learn to listen to the voice of our great shepherd. What's Jesus trying to tell us? We need shepherding. We need shepherding. The people out there in the world and in here in this church need shepherding. We need to be cared for. So when you go out into the crowd, don't get frustrated. Have compassion. They need shepherding. They need to be brought into the sheepfold so they can be cared for. Many of you are probably familiar with Psalm 23. Let me just read it to you, remind you of it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's hard, honestly, to hear all these things about sheep and then kind of see them in yourself. It is, I know that. But what I really want you to hear is this. You need shepherding. You need the good shepherd. That's what Jesus is saying about the crowds. That's why Jesus has compassion, because he's the good shepherd. That's why Jesus, when he walks out into a crowd, he says, I have compassion. You guys are harassed. You're helpless. Let me take care of you. Jesus' compassion is his fundamental response to humanity. It authenticates his lordship just as much as any one of his miracles do. The last thing I want you to see is this. He ends with this call to pray almost. Jesus' response to this is to ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into the harvest field. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. He seems to be mixing metaphors here, right? We go from sheep to farming. 
It's like, what, you know, kind of pick a topic, right? Stay on it. But he mixes them for some reason up to his choice, right? What harvest? What are these workers for? What are they to do? Jesus is saying there is a large number of people ready to hear the gospel. I think it's easy to become a little cynical today and look at big crowds, look at, think about, you know, we Christians in here, those people out there, and you think, you know what, they're not interested in what we have to say. They're not interested in the gospel. They don't care about these things. They don't need what we have. They don't even want what we have. That's not how Jesus saw the world. Jesus looked at the world and he said, you know what, there's a lot of them out there who are ready to respond. The harvest is plentiful. The problem is not out there. Where's the problem? It's actually in here. There's not enough of us willing to go out there. Hmm. What should we do? According to Jesus, we should pray and go. Pray and go. This is not the same as recruiting and training. Because if God raises up the workers, then you have the gifts and grace ready to do the job. You have the gifts and grace ready to do the job. Think about how you were called into the kingdom. Was it through a recruitment drive? Or was it because someone prayed for you? I dare say it was because someone prayed for you. Jesus' compassion for the crowd results in prayer for more workers to be sent out. All right, so let me close with a few questions and thoughts. Let's just examine ourselves, okay? Do you have compassion for people? Do you have compassion for people? Pray and ask God to give you his heart for the world at work and just for the people you listen I'm not uh, don't don't come out of this message and think well I have to go to Times Square that's not what I'm saying all you have to do is go where you're supposed to go tomorrow this week to your job to your school to your mom's group to the gym to the restaurant you normally frequent Just go to the places where you already are being sent to go. That's where you're supposed to go. Do you have compassion for people? Pray for workers. Pray for workers. Now, in churches today, we have taken that phrase and turned it into praying for people to give their lives to full-time Christian service and missionary work, right? We've, we've kind of, we've, we've taken the, and there's nothing wrong with that. We do want to pray for that. But I want you to go back with me to the first century. Remember, Jesus lived in an agrarian society where they harvested crops. And when it was time to harvest the crop, You didn't go into the village and say, I want to pray that the Lord would call out a harvest specialist to come to my field and help me harvest. 
No, you, pr- you prayed, you went, and you said, hey, is anybody available to come and help me harvest my crop? Anybody. I'll just take anybody. That's what Jesus is saying here. Pray for workers. That means you. All of you are the workers that he's praying for. All of us are the workers. Anybody who will come and help with the harvest. Lastly, if we really believe that this sheep picture that Jesus has painted is real, and it is because Jesus painted it, then we ought to be serious about getting people in touch with the great shepherd. In John chapter 10, verse 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The good shepherd lays down his life for sheep. In just a moment, we're going to take communion. We're going to be reminded of what the good shepherd has done for us. The harassed and helpless masses desperately need this good shepherd. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, would you give us your compassion for the crowds that you've placed around us. Whether it's a crowd of two or three or a crowd of a hundred, the people that you've put the, the people of this church in touch with from week to week and month to month must number in the thousands. And God, you love them. You care for them, and you desire for them to know the gospel. You desire for them to be saved. So God, I pray that you would inspire us, that you would move us with your heart of love for the people around us, that we would be motivated to have a ministry of word and deed to love people in a way that reflects your character that would draw them toward your son Jesus Christ we ask this in his name amen